Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, aka the showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family. First up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless Joey V, aka Chef Joe. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, you're 26 now, but next week you're gonna be 27. You fucking getting up there, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> and across the way, as always, he is the Carmel Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass, a.k.a. Mr. One, two, three. Pin that ass down, K-Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbrough, a.k.a. the G-O-W's resident Isaac Hayes. Bro, how you doing? Man, the Godfather's in the building. How's the young one doing today? Oh, man, you know the little whippersnapper's here. He's good. He hasn't thrown up on me yet, but we shall see what he says in about 10 minutes. Oh, it's going to be coming, sir. It's going to be coming. All right, yeah, man. He's going to be in the middle of talking. He's, he, all you're going to hear is, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 Like, damn, is your son getting repossessed over there or something, bro? What's going on? <laughs> all right, man. Well, look, man, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, today is the WWE Backlash, Backlash Review Show. Uh, leading the show will be none other than Tuco himself, man. Tuco, take it away. All right, gentlemen, guys, we got a we got a pay per view last night that was uh, uh uh yeah it was okay it was a good pay per view it had a couple of good matches a couple of bombs that we uh we're definitely going to talk about uh but we saw that with this new uh with with Paul Heyman being re- let go of his executive duties that we quickly saw uh that the the Paul Heyman era come to an end as we got Apollo Crews and Andrade, which we know, we know this would not have been on the pre-show. But of course, Heyman's not there now, so now we get to see that Vince doesn't care about these mid-car guys. He doesn't care about pushing these dudes. And they had about seven minutes of a match on a pre-show that did about 45 minutes of talking or maybe 50 minutes of talking, which, you know, that's terrible. For a pre-show, you know you was going to have a championship match. You should have gave these guys 10 to 15 minutes at least. Uh, I don't know if anybody watched it. I didn't watch it. Uh, I just I just happened to read up on how long it took and when it happened. Apollo came out with the victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anybody, one of you guys catch it? Yeah, I caught it, man. I watched it. Um, so there's a couple of different things I want to mention uh, in regards to, you know, Paul Heyman and especially with uh, this match. Like you, so it was reported that there were going to be two matches on the pre-show. As we saw, it was only one. Uh, also, another thing I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's been reported that Vince McMahon is kind of cooling off on Andrade, and he's actually shifting his focus more towards Angel Garza. Uh, hence the reason they're kind of teasing him, kind of being more in favor with Selena Vega. Rumor is backstage is Vince sees Angel Garza as more of like a young Eddie Guerrero, and that's the Latino superstar type you're looking for. As far as Apollo Crews, man, I feel bad for the guy only because he's just not really starting to get his his due, you know, his respect. And if I'm not mistaken, this is his first title on the main roster, right? Yes. Correct. First title and, overall. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, when he, when he first came in, uh, he came in hot. They pushed him heavy. Then they cooled him off super quick. He's finally got the title, and now he's on the pre-show. And if I'm not mistaken, the U.S. title. I mean, come on now. We we know the U.S. title, the Intercontinental. I mean, these outside of the obvious heavyweight title or the WWE title, I should say now, these are 
the workhorse titles. And for you, man, to pretty much put the guy on the pre-show, it's pretty much like you saying, you know what, eh, eh, whatever. <laughs> Just the lack of respect, man, that title was gotten over the last few years is absolutely beyond me. The match itself was okay, but I, you can definitely tell, man, Vince had his fingerprints all over it. Uh, I did not see the match, but if I'm Andrade and what you're saying is true, I'm can I'm campaigning to go back to NXT. Oh yeah, uh, there was a running joke that when Heyman was in charge, that he was pushing the SmackDown catering crew because it was the guys that would hang out in catering on SmackDown: Elster mm-hmm. Black, Apollo, you know Murphy, all these uh-huh. guys. But Heyman's theory was, I'm building towards the future. Yep. And Vince is like, well, the reins are down. I want to build for now. And Heyman's like, you can't do that. You got to build stars for the future. Right. You know, and well, you know, Vince doesn't like that. So who did he put in charge? The guy who's a yes man to him is Bruce Pritchard. Right. Oh, man. But, and, and, and you saw the evidence of that um, when we talk about the Monday Night Review uh, after the, <clears throat> after the uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of saw that in the show. Yeah. And, and, my, and my thing is, too, uh, I, I want to touch on a little bit more of what I said about Andrade, and then I want to uh, piggyback off of Flawless. As far as Andrade, yeah, man, I would definitely campaign to go back to NXT unless there's something in the long term because you had Zelina Vega. I mean, before um, Austin Theory came in the picture, before uh, Angel Garza came in the picture, Andrade was arguably, man, like he was that guy, right? And yep. then they started pairing him up with Austin Theory, then they said, you know what, I see something in Theory. We're going to put him with Seth Rollins. Cool. Now you got Andrew Garza. They're taking him and putting him with Selena Vega more. So, I mean, just from the outside looking in, it seems like Andrade getting the short end of the stick. And I hope I hope that wellness violation or whatever that happened a while ago when he was a champ, I hope they're not still punishing him for that because if so, that's garbage. Two. More than likely it is. More, it, it's not that they're punishing him. They're just going to they're gonna be able to use that as an excuse. And also – and I think another thing of why they're going with Garza is because uh, be- because he kind of speaks English a little better than Andrade. Yes, like right. Andrade, yeah. you know, he doesn't he doesn't speak it as fluently as Garza does. And Garza can he can kind of carry that. He already got the charisma. We see it. It's just I, I want to see these two as a tag team. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them go up against the Viking Raiders. But clearly, maybe that's what Paul was pushing for. But we right. see, you know. Instantly, that's not what Vince is going. For. Have you guys then, heard about the Randy Orton Austin Theory exchange? Uh, no. I think so, but refresh my memory. Uh, case they were down like at the PC, and Austin Theory came up to Orton, and he said, "Hey, I'm doing this move, and I want your." And he said, "It's a fireman's carry," and I flipped the guy over, you know, flipped the guy into a cutter. He's like, "I want to ask you if I can do that because you use the RKO." And Randy Orton was like, he like was shocked that Austin Theory would ask him, you know, permission. He said, yes, go ahead. But Randy Orton said he respected him to come up to him because his move kind of was kind of like the RKO to ask right. permission for that. I mean, because you don't want, I mean, and that's because Randy's an active wrestler. And that's, that's the most, I mean, that's his move. That's been his move for what, 20 years now that this dude's been in almost uh, 20 years? I'd say uh, 17 years. 17 years. So, so almost 20 years you've been doing this move. You're, you're a respected legend, regardless to how serious you take stuff. But that, that is respect that regardless, you know, these young, these young wrestlers have that respect. They respect you. It's just, 
man, you got to give that respect back. And sometimes you wonder that with Randy Orton, knowing that he was a guy that didn't give a damn about, right. you know, helping other guys and, and, and putting over guys. Uh, and, we, and we saw that with a few wrestlers that he's had rivalries with. You could just see the lack of not give a fuck. But uh, for him to for him to to hear out the young kid and then understand the move he's doing and, and, and getting his permission, you know, that's kind of cool. But Randy's getting uh, Randy's getting uh, Randy's getting a little older. So I, maybe he's maybe he's getting a certain perspective of things. now. And, and you, and you got to look at it, too. I mean, Randy Orton uh, really quick. Randy, he, he comes from like that last batch of guys who really came through like that hard knock locker room as far as the WWE. Uh, if you listen to everybody now who talks about the locker room, but you know, backstage, everything is pretty much, you know, guys or everybody's cool. It's not really as cutthroat. We always talk about the SmackDown six. We talk about, you know, the nineties, the eighties, the early two thousands, you know, when it was arguably the best period of wrestling ever. And you talk about the superstars from the top of the car to the middle, to the bottom, everybody had a purpose. Everybody was a fan favorite or, or at least somebody that somebody wanted to see, whether it's winning or getting their ass kicked. And, you got to think about it. The backstage politics also played a hand. These guys were on top of their game, but they were also backstabbing, like you said, holding guys down. Hey, this is my spot. So you hear people talk about Triple H. You hear people complain about Randy Orton. You hear people complain about John Cena. But look, those are the same types of people that's having success. You see them as they get later in their careers, they kind of want to fall back a little bit. And I think that's where we're getting with Randy, which you said, Randy's getting older. He's not wrestling as much. He doesn't have to. And now those same rumors back then that might have been disputed, he's telling you to your face, hey, I've been phoning it in for 20 years. <laughs> and guess what? Y'all still can't hold a candle to me. Yeah, so, pretty much. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah. No, no, but, but, but really quick, man, to wrap it up, man, you can – it was stuff I liked, but unfortunately, man, I think this is for Vince – I think it's just a quick fix. It's not going to last long. I think in another six, seven months, he's going to find somebody else to blame. And unfortunately, I think Bruce Pritchard is going to be that guy. And now you're going to be in the same cycle of now, now, now. You're trying to win now. At the end of the day, man, you got, like like Flawless said, you got to build to the future. All right, you get a couple of W's now, but what's that going to cost you in the end? <laughs> Yo, stars. All right, man. So that was the first official match uh it was on a pre-show and then we kicked off with the main pay-per-view and then we kicked off with a triple threat women's tag team title match oh yes uh, i think i was in the bathroom I, for 10 minutes watching these and you know teams. what and honestly man i'm not gonna lie it's <laughs> just <laughs> flawless you're a fool and that's why i'm coming to you first uh, uh you said coming <laughs> uh, yeah i'm coming to you first uh so this I'm, I'm not gonna lie this match was actually a little better than i thought it was um you know, I think Banks and Bailey and Cross and Bliss, you know, knowing that those four are good at what they do, they, they're they good workers. You you know how good they can work a match. Uh, the Iconics, I think this just allowed them to be the best that they can be in this match, to be those kind of heel, true heel uh, kind of tag team. Like I said, it wasn't a great match, but it, it definitely was more entertaining. <clears throat> there were a lot of moments where I thought the Iconics were going to come out with the victory. Uh, I think we all picked them as our wild card pick, so we all would have got one point for that if they had. But uh, Banks and Bailey, you know, they pulled it out. You know, we all got the two points for that. You know, that's a, that's a good plus there. But uh, it was a good match. So, Flawless, since you were in the bathroom watching these three ladies play, uh, 
uh, and we know what you were doing. So uh, what did you really think of the match? Well, it was iconic. So um, I, <laughs> I thought the match, I thought it was good too. You know, um, I did like how like uh, all three ladies, you know, each lady from each team was in the ring, you know, at the same time. Started it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I like, know, I don't like when, you know, two women are fighting and then like one team is outside, you know, you get attacked, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I thought, uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay did good in this match, actually. Uh, right. You know, even though, you know, we, they've been on TV, but like they've been off TV, you know, they're, we don't consider them one of the elite good women wrestlers, but in a match like this, they showcased, you know, they showcase what a little bit, what they can do. I do think even though they didn't win, I do think they will get the tag team titles eventually. Um, it's inevitable, but, uh, I mean, Sasha Banks and Bailey, it was funny. I did find it funny that during the pre-match, Bailey gave Sasha to hold her women's championship and Sasha was looking at it. Sasha was looking at it like, yep, yep, bitch, I'm I'm about to take this shit from you in a few months, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but overall, not bad. Sasha and Bailey won. We expected that, um, I mean, it's a slowly build to when those two are going to break up, and I don't know when it's going to happen. I think I, yeah. think I think when it happens, we'll, I don't want to say we'll be surprised, you know, but you know we'll 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 finally be like finally, you know, they did this. So, what's the next pay per view coming up for them? Because it uh, ain't SummerSlam. Extreme Rules. Yep. I, I'm going to say, is that in June or is that in July? Wait, is it Extreme no, Rules or TLC? Man, this is June. This is June, so the, so the next one will be in July. July. Okay, that, that's I'm, I'm trying to line up when they're going to do the split so they can build up the story for SummerSlam. I think they because have I, a singles match at SummerSlam for the women's title. Right, and that's what I remember uh, a couple years ago, NXT before SummerSlam, they had that match that right. when the four horsewomen broke kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's what I was leading up to, that you know, I figured by the July pay per view, which is Extreme Rules, that they'll they'll have their you know their fallout, and it'll lead into you know SummerSlam for the one on one and Sasha getting the SmackDown's Women's Championship. Uh, I can see, but, but that, you know what? I can see, I can see Sasha and Bailey having a match with say like maybe the Iconics or somebody at Extreme Rules. Bailey accidentally hits Sasha with a weapon and causes the. You know the championship, the match. yeah, the cha- yeah, the match for them and the titles, and that can happen. I can see that too. Flawless, man. I mean, uh, franchise. Your thoughts on the match? Uh, yeah. As far as the match go, I'm gonna be honest, man. Um, I'm gonna kind of be, you know, I, I I love me the boss, man. I love me the boss, but uh, I can't lie, man. The match wasn't as good as I expected it to be. Um, I'm I, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I will say this, though. We kind of give the Iconics a little bit of a hard time. I'm going to bring up a tag team and feel free to disagree. Feel free to slap me on the back of the neck and say, hey, what the hell are you talking about? But to me, I feel like the Iconics are going to kind of they're kind of modeling the Iconics after the Bella Twins. That's the kind of vibe I get. How the Bella Twins, nobody really... You know what? I hope that baby starts crying and wakes up right now. I, I, mean, I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Uh, 
Because, and, and, and let me explain. Maybe let me further elaborate. So with the Bella Twins, neither one was really – a great wrestler, but Nikki was obviously the better of the two. And it's kind of uh, like Peyton Royce is the better of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, maybe if one of them was to kind of break out and do their own thing, I think maybe we'll look at them in a different light. But because they kind of been stuck together, and to me, I feel Peyton is, uh, you know, a few notches higher than Billy Kay. All right. I'll call them the Bellas from down under. Okay. You know. That works. But for, but but long story short, man, I, I wasn't a fan of the match. Uh, but I am a fan of what they're doing with the women's tag team title. So you're gonna have Sasha and Bailey go for all SmackDown and NXT like they originally planned. I do think, I do think that something happens at the next pay-per-view to you know, like you guys said, set up for that one-on-one match at SummerSlam. All right, that's nice. All right, well, we're gonna move into our next match. K Breeze, you there? Oh, okay. Well, here, since Oh, I got the producer in my ear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. I'll take over the next match. We had Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. Huh. We all Would picked you... we uh picked Sheamus to win me and K Breezy did uh franchise pick my Jeff man. Hardy. My no, no, you good, you good. Uh we talked to the producers, man. They let us know you was having technical difficulties. <laughs> right on, yeah, right so, on. So uh so <laughs> I was I brought up the next match, which is Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Right on, right on. And this match right here, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, is the one match that actually kept Franchise from being in the lead because he chose Jeff Hardy instead of Sheamus. I know. I, I am such a fool, man. All right. So I have a question, and I need you guys to, I need I need an answer. Do we see this loss sending Jeff Hardy into a frenzy and he come back as a new, like a different version? And the reason I say that was because he had an interview and you know how people have been clamoring for his no more words. I mean, no more uh, words theme to come back. And he said, WWE, they cleared it. He's good to go. He says he's going to come back with it. Do we see him coming back as a different type of character? Like maybe a more aggressive or sadistic Jeff Hardy? Or do we just see this as part of the uh, storyline? Uh, I think it's just started part of the storyline, but here, I want to know why, the, why you chose Jeff Hardy because I looked at the statistics Mm-hmm. In the past year and a half, two years, Jeff Hardy has not won a single pay-per-view match on the actual pay-per-view. Not counting pre-show, but on the actual right. pay-per-view. Well, well here, here was my here was my logic. I didn't know that. That's for sure. I, I, I didn't either. But here here's my logic. Me choosing, you know, uh, the charismatic enigma. The reason I chose Jeff Hardy was uh, one. This is his first pay-per-view back since he's been out for what nine. Well, months. he did face Cesaro on the pre-show, the last one, right? Okay, well, yeah, okay, true. But, I mean, actually on the card. Yeah. You know, this is this is his first, you know, pay-per-view back. It was against Sheamus. And, you know, silly me, I guess I should have seen this being stretched out for longer than what it was. I was looking at the short term. I didn't look at it as this was going to possibly go on for another month or two. Uh, but for the short term, I had Jeff Hardy. And then the way they brought up his whole drinking and his, uh, his substance abuse in the past, it was kind of like a redemption story. So I felt like, okay, cool, he's going to beat Sheamus. Boom, that's it. Apparently, they're going to take this a lot deeper. I looked at it on the surface. Silly me. My mistake. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as the match, uh, the, the match wasn't a bad match. Uh, it didn't go long, maybe, what, 10 minutes? Uh, yeah. It, it was definitely an aggressive match. Um, I liked I, it. I, I did, too. I, I liked the match. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was. I didn't really care too much for the storyline, but 
you know, that's because, you know, they're and I get that Jeff Hardy okayed it. You know, he wants to work through these issues and I'm I'm okay with that. So if he's okay with, you know, doing these things and kind of, you know, throwing piss on Seamus and all this other stuff that's going on. <laughs> then, okay. Shit. Right. You know, so you know, all right, all right, you know, that's that's fine. Keep but, it on uh, the down low. I guess but but him being aggressive and trying to get back at Seamus and Seamus, you know. Just being the beast we know he is, you know, Seamus is a guy that's definitely come a long way. He's definitely earned the respect because, you know, you've watched him develop over the years. And right. we've said, you know, this was not the this is who's this. This is not who Seamus should have fought at this pay-per-view. This should have been Seamus versus Braun Strowman. Uh, yes. And, and we're going to get to what happened in Braun Strowman in that match. But I, I definitely was. uh I figured Sheamus would win because he lost to Jeff Hardy in the Intercontinental Tournament. So I figured mm, that I was, and that was the whole reason for the setup. That was the whole reason for the the the, the hitting Elias and blaming it right, on Hardy right. and all that stuff. It was just a setup for that. So that's why I went with Sheamus because he took the loss there, and he never really got that retribution from uh, Jeff Hardy. So you know what? Uh, I, I I didn't even put that into consideration. I forgot all about that. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was a good match at all. I thought Jeff Hardy botched a few moves, especially off the top rope. I think he was selling. Really? Because when he went to hit that rope, Jeff Hardy, like, kind of, like, fell on him instead of, like, you know, like, like, it was bad. It it was, but I think that was also Hardy selling, you know, some of the injuries or just, you know, getting worked over. But I don't think it was, I don't think Hardy was drunk. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think it was just more of the story of just Hardy not being 100%, but but wanting to get his vengeance against Sheamus. I, 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 that's how I looked at it. But, you know, that's just me. Okay. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, we're going to move on to the fourth match that uh, I was disappointed in the way this ended. Um, Oscar, because clearly, oh, yes. again, again we see the, Vince McMahon. Yeah, right. We, we, see the, we see the hand of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchett that they thought it would be better to have these two have a uh, double count out instead of just letting them have what they did on Raw on the pay per view, but uh, this basically ended up a double count out. So neither part, nobody really won. But we hate, I hated that ending. Uh, so I said, forget it. I, since Oscar didn't lose the title, we all got a point. Yay! Because uh, that was a that was bad booking. Because that should have been the finish of that rivalry, and you could have been setting up the Charlotte angle, which I fear for Oscar now. I didn't fear for her before, but I fear for her now because I feel like she's going to lose the flair and <clears throat> we're just going to get flair as the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, so we're going to move on to the next match. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this, man. I hate countouts and DQs at pay-per-view. I hate it. Yeah. 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 That was a TV spot for sure, and uh, they shouldn't have they did that one. So moving on, man, to the two-on-one handicap match for the Blue Universal Championship. Hey, hey. Braun Strowman versus Hey Hey, Mister Mr. Hey 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 Ho 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 Ho, uh, <laughs> and their lame ass music video. Uh, Dude, that shit was kind of funny, man. I'm not gonna lie. It was funny, but it's it was it was it, it was still lame. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I like the way I like their strategy. I, I did like Miz and Morrison's strategy, where they were in and out, tagging back and forth, and just trying to take advantage of that two-on-one opportunity. Braun got the best of them a few times, but they were able to come back. And really, for me, where it got good is when they hit the couple of moves on Braun, 
and and John Morrison went for the pin and Miz <laughs> pulled him off instinctly just like you know and you can see the Miz knew he made the mistake as soon as he did it but they tried to get the pin and it didn't work and of course Braun overpowered him and, and got the victory so I'm a uh I'm I'm gonna bring it to franchise what's your thoughts on you know what on the match and what do you take from Miz and Morrison and that mistake that happened the match was it was better. It was better than I thought. Uh going into the match, mentally I didn't care. Uh I didn't care for it. But I was I would like to say this man, John Morrison, for him to be what, 40 years old? That that dude, man, he still could flip and do that parkour shit like he 20. Uh overall, like I said, like you said, the strategy was cool. Um, it was kind of funny how at the beginning, I think in the interview backstage, when they found out that they wouldn't be co-champions, whoever won would be the champion. <laughs> so you kind of, it was kind of like that Sasha and Bailey thing, kind of like, all right, I got your back, but mm, I'm still off herself at the end of the day. Uh, but overall, man, the match is better than what I thought it was going to be. I'm not mad at it, but I feel like, hey, look, if you don't have Miz, I mean, Morrison go for a title, let him do it solo, unless they're going to be tag champs. But other than that, eh, it was cool. I'm just hoping it's over with. All right, all right, flawless. Uh, I like the match. I, you know, I agree with you, man. Miz and Morrison tagging in and out. You know, man, just you know, hitting Braun, tagging out. You know, fresh, keeping each other fresh. But man, Morrison, man, when he does those flips and shit, I was like, damn, that boy still got it. Like I thought he was the star of the match. Yeah. But oh yeah, oh yeah. This is my thing that's pissing me off. Whenever Braun Strowman loses the title, okay, mm-hmm. you're going to look back and you're going to ask yourself, man, Braun Strowman was a good champion. Yeah, but who did he beat, you know? It's yeah, like if Andre the Giant was a champion and he faced the fabulous Rougeau brothers in a two-on-one handicap match. Like, Braun needs a formidable opponent. Same issue we had with Kofi like, Kingston. Like, okay, here. Like, who, like, I, he really- I can't believe I'm going to say this. What's up, man? Spill it. <sighs> Brock. K Breezy's gonna laugh at me. But uh, oh. I'd rather see Braun versus King Corbin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got him. I got him, ladies and gentlemen. I got him. Go ahead, man. <laughs> but because he needs a formidable opponent and like man, like I'd I'd rather see Morrison against Braun on his, you know, solo, you know, in a single match. But I mean, I get what they're doing, but it's Ah, it's just, I mean, it's let's not be incredible enough. It's, it's not, no, it, he did. This is why I say it should have been Sheamus because, at least with Sheamus, you, you at least know that Sheamus is, is capable enough of actually beating Braun and he's a, he's a former world champion. Yes. So he's someone with a resume. And, and that's why I say it, that's why they messed up with placing him with Jeff Hardy. They should have used Sheamus to build over Braun. That would have yes. been perfect. And then on top of that, that's something that you could have stretched out because, I mean, even if they would have messed it up with him and Shinsuke before, you know you could have did him and Shinsuke. It's AJ Styles, he's already in a whole different title picture. So I would have loved and, for Shinsuke versus Braun because Shinsuke be like, I beat you for the Intercontinental title, you know, and have a fight with right. him. But see, that's that's the issue, and and that's the issue we talked about at the beginning of the show, not having no, uh, not building young stars because now who you who do you have that's a legit threat on SmackDown that's an up-and-comer 
that can pose a threat to Braun Strowman. You have nobody. But if you actually took the time to build people, then you could convince the crowd, the audience, like, hey, this guy, even though he might lose, you know what? I'm invested in this match because he might have a chance to pull it off. Yeah, like you said, man, with Strowman, same thing. I call it the Kofi syndrome. Kofi had the title for six months, let's be honest. Who did he really fight that Randy you remember? That's it. Out of six months. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton were the only two people, even though he fought Kevin Owens, but, you know, they they, they ruined that story, and no one really believed that, you know, Kevin Owens was really going to beat him. And no one definitely didn't believe Dolph Ziggler was going to beat Kofi. So right. you, I, I give you Daniel Bryan. I give you Randy Orton. Uh, but like you said, flawless. You know, you needed that person with credibility, and it could have been it could have been a triple threat. You could have had actually Corbin and Seamus go after him. You could have you you know you got Brian as the big face right now. He's your top face guy. So you got some guys you could have played heel and and you know to go after his championship. Maybe they're waiting to build that, but uh, you know now well Pritchard was already smacked down. So I guess I'm gonna ask you you this. I just thought of this in my head. Mm-hmm. When Ric Flair was WWF champion, uh, would you what would you call his run? Would you call it like formidable? Um, how long was he champion? What? So hold on, months? hold on. He won the Royal Rumble in '92, okay, mm-hmm. and he won the belt so he because won the that's belt, what he won the okay. belt. And then right. the next pay per view at WrestleMania eight, he lost it to Savage, and then uh, he won the title right after SummerSlam. Against Savage on like uh you know like a little Coliseum home video thing or whatever, and mm-hmm. then he lost it in October. Say he won it in like uh like late August, okay? He lost it in October to Bret Hart and never got it back. But see, <laughs> okay, we'll see for Flair because he's Flair. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't question it because at that time. You know, he he won he won the Royal Rumble, won the championship. He was the champion. What Royal Rumble was in January, WrestleMania is about end of March, April. So he had a a three month say run with it. Him losing it to Savage doesn't hurt him because it's Savage. So My that's point, not exactly. an issue. There. Uh, then you know, for him and Savage to go back and forth, and then he wins it again, but then loses to Bret Hart. I, it, that's not. There's nothing wrong like with that like, because like that's, he didn't have like a memorable title or you know run like it was just like boom it, boom. It wasn't memorable, but he didn't lose. But he went up against legit people. And when you and probably I, think I, of like the greatest Royal Rumble ever, you're gonna probably think of '92 when Flair won it when when the title was on the line because you look at all the right right you're that were right in and that you're, Rumble. Yeah, you're gonna think of it like that. But to but to have a WrestleMania match with. Uh, uh, Randy Man Savage, like that's that's not that's not a knock on Flair for him losing. That's Randy Man Savage. You're put Randy plus Macho consider, Man, not Randy Man. Considering R- Randy Man, R- Randy, look, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, but with, you got to also think of the storyline that they were using. Flair yeah. was claiming he had slept with a Miss Elizabeth, so mm-hmm. that was building for uh, Randy to get you know to get back at him at WrestleMania. That made sense, and then the little feud they had afterwards. It wasn't memorable, no. But he fought legit people. So if you, as long as they, as you saw it, I guess it was okay. But I, I wouldn't call it his best run. I, I wouldn't say that. No. But it's definitely better than Bron and Kofi's run. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing because I don't care if you have twenty one week 
title reigns. You know, if you only hold the title for a week, lose it, hold it. My thing is, it's how you lose it. Now, like you said, if you go up against a formidable opponent, that's cool. But, okay, let me ask you this. What's worse, okay? L- having a short title reign that's not really memorable, but losing it to a formidable opponent or having a super long title reign and not really beating anybody worth mentioning. Which is the lesser of two uh, evils? It's the, the the lesser is the short reign because for because the talk of Kofi's title reign was that he wasn't being put as as the top guy. Like everybody was talking about that. Everybody noticed that. And for that to go on for so long until it built up with Randy Orton, that's when it got interesting. Like you gotta think about it. He wasn't on a he wasn't even the main event of none of the pay-per-views since his championship reign. Like he was either like the third or fourth match prior to the main event. Like he he was always in the middle of the card. So that's your WWE champion. That's your that's the your your main championship. Why is he not higher up? So and then yeah. we, like I say, you got to look at the people they put him against. The Kevin Owens storyline would have worked better if they let it flush out a little bit more. Uh, I want to I want to answer that. Uh, when you say short, I want and long. I want to know how many months for both. Let's say six months and compared to like a month or to a month or two. I'd so let's say a six. The, I'd rather do the six months because that means the company has invested stock in you for those six months. True. That that is true, and 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 that that is a plus to it. They invested, but was it? Uh, well, it was an accident with Kofi Kingston. We know it, and, it, and, it, was, and, it was it wasn't set up for him to and, actually beat you. And that's what it and that's what I want to ask you. And that's what I want to ask you guys. Do you think maybe his run was in our eyes, in the eyes of the fans? Do you think maybe that's why we look at it as so lackluster? Because he kind of let's be honest. That's what to be Ali. Um, he kind of lucked into the position as opposed to if the company had already predetermined from the jump they were going to run with him for six months. Do you think maybe we would have had a different outcome then? Yeah. Would you rather have Kofi be your champion for six months or Ali? But but what if Ali didn't show out in that elimination chamber like Kofi did? What would well, it wasn't even that? that. But it wasn't even that. It was that. It was the gauntlet match. Remember, it no, was no, the, no, no. It was the elimination chamber when Kofi showed out when he was. When right, he was right, the right. Last one that got eliminated by Brian because everybody was rooting for Kofi to beat and, Brian. And he had the gauntlet matches, right, 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 right. But the gauntlet, he wasn't even supposed to be in the gauntlet. No, I thought that was the reason why he got into no, the elimination chamber no, no, match. No, no, no. He the got into the elimination chamber because Ali got injured. Right, but I thought, I thought when they, I thought Ali was supposed to be a part of the gauntlet match, but then when he got injured, they replaced him with Kofi, and then because Kofi did so good. That kept promoting him to go further and further. Then he ended up in an elimination chamber match just based off of it. I, I, I thought that's how that went. You know what? Damn. I don't necessarily remember, but right, but I, but he was an accident. We 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 knew yeah. Ali got hurt. Kofi was an accident. He was a replacement. He showed out because of who he is. And I think that's the one reason why people kind of wanted to see Kofi as the champion. Because it wasn't like no one knew who Kofi Kingston was. Everyone knew who Kofi Kingston was. He's won every championship in WWE except for the, the World Heavyweight or WWE Championship. He's one of the most exciting people that has been in WWE. Every time you see him for the Royal Rumble, you always look to see how he's going to try to save himself from getting eliminated. He, you know, Not to say he's one of the best wrestlers, but he's always been entertaining. He's always been that fan favorite that people love to see when he gets an opportunity. So 
when he got an opportunity, it's like, wow, they're actually pushing Kofi, like somebody yeah. we like to actually be champion. And, and you're pushing him and he's beating everybody. And he it's like, oh, my God, like he's really going to get this opportunity. And that's what built it up. That's what made it so great prior to WrestleMania. Like and then after after he won, it's like, well, we don't know what to do with him now. After and, and that that's the way it was for him. It was like the yeah. buildup was awesome. It's yeah. what happened after WrestleMania and the, the setup. And and that's that's why when you look at bronze, you're going to look at it as, well, you were just a replacement, just as Kofi was. Yep. The only difference was you were a replacement in a match, and you actually won because Goldberg was supposed to lose. He was supposed right. to lose regardless. So you lucked up because of this virus because Roman Reigns couldn't come because of his illness. So mm-hmm. – your your championship, his I honestly, now that I say that, they're parallel his is actually the worst. They're, they're parallel they are, parallel. but now his is even worse because have a you weren't even yeah. right because you have no one formidable and you weren't even supposed to be in this championship because this is supposed to be Roman Reigns and you're not fighting anyone legit. So honestly, with at least with Kobe, I mean Kobe, at least with Kofi, <laughs> uh there was a bit of a story between him and Daniel Bryan leading up to WrestleMania. So you knew exactly who was going to fight in that match. Right. You didn't know Bryan was going to take it until the last minute. So now, I, now it's does Bryan make it past November like Kofi? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say if Roman Reigns doesn't yes. come back, yes. Yes. I, well, you know what? Yeah, but you also have someone else lurking in the. Who, Seamus? No, The Fiend. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to say Summer. I'm going to say SummerSlam may be his last big pay-per-view. I think I think it depends on his opponent. True that, too. But I, I, what, I, what I mean by that is, like, he'll win SummerSlam, but then after that, he'll, you know, he can drop the title anytime. I'm going to say this. AJ Styles will be SmackDown World Champion before the end of the year. Now he's about to have a hell of a run with that intercontinental. Yeah, I, I, and I, and I, I don't and I don't have a problem with that because he's about to put on a wrestling clinic with all these mid card guys, and, and and he'll AJ Styles is about to put some people over. So I'm okay with him being where he's at. Yeah, I think maybe by Royal Rumble he may be in that picture time, but right now until there's someone definitive that's that's a face that that they want to beat AJ for the intercontinental, he's about to put on a clinic with with that belt. Let me just say this. I love AJ Styles on SmackDown. I think he's probably been champion more than he hasn't been champion on the SmackDown brand. Well, when you, uh, he's had longer reigns. He's had longer title I reigns. think AJ on SmackDown just feels right, you know? like Yeah. Like, AJ fit, like, you You have guys that are synonymous with certain brands. Like, I don't care if Randy Orton's on Raw. To me, I'm going to always consider him one of the guys that really helped elevate SmackDown when he came back over. Uh like you guys oh, said, yeah. um, with uh, AJ Styles, I think he did what debuted on Raw. I believe they got traded to SmackDown. That's to me always a SmackDown guy. Batista, I will always remember him. He had some great moments on Raw, but SmackDown guy, Undertaker, SmackDown, Cena, guy. Cena SmackDown, SmackDown guy. He, yeah, he went to yeah, he, he, but he but he became more of a Raw guy. Like it's Cena when he left. It's like when he left SmackDown for Raw, it, he he became a Raw guy. Yeah, because that's when he really became like the company dude. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, because he never went back to SmackDown. Never. 
<laughs> until until he was about ready to walk out the door or you know start doing all his movies and stuff then he would show up for it but then other than that he he stayed on raw once he got there yeah which was fair because that was the flagship show and he was the flagship uh franchise player for the for the company so that 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 made sense but guys we gotta we, we got a couple of more matches we, we do we do we do we do let's go let's go we'll, we'll talk this stuff all day uh so next up man and for me this was my match of the night until the ending this was the Bobby Lashley. And, and, and I got to say this. I love MVP as Bobby Lashley's manager. Facts. I, I, am, I, I am excited for it. I, I hope they don't mess with this. Uh, clearly, this was something I'm hoping maybe Paul had a little hand in and, and helped shaping Bobby because because Bobby Lash is one of those guys like Drew McIntyre. He wanted to see get pushed to the top title. Uh, so I, I love these two together. I, I, I just hate the angle that screwed up this very good match. But we have Bobby Lashley versus the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. And I love the way it started off with Bobby putting him in the, uh, in the master lock and just and just leaving it on Drew McIntyre and just. Just this giving you that feel that Bobby Lashley ain't playing. This dude wants this championship, and he's willing to do whatever to get this championship. Uh, flawless. I'm gonna bring it to you, man. What did you think of this match? Um, I thought it was good. Um, do I think Bobby Lashley will eventually become champion? Yes. Um, I do like him. What I do like him with MVP. I think it adds a different dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you, I did like the opening, how he just put that full Nelson hold on Drew McIntyre before the match starts. I mean, right when the ref counts, you know, rings right. for the bell, bam, you know, letting him know. Uh, the Lana thing, man, it's just getting old. Like, I just wish they would take off, take Lana off of TV. Yeah. Or Lashley could just get rid of her. I mean, we figured Lana would cost Lashley the match, kind of. Um, oh, but, I mean, I do like Drew and Lashley going at it, you know. I mean... It's funny because remember when we went to Fast Lane all together against the Shield, it was right. it was King Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley, you know, as a team, and now these two are like, you know, feuding, yeah, feuding with each other. So it's nice. Um, Lashley got put in this position because Drew McIntyre's originally opponent, the storyline purposes, was supposed to be Jinder Mahal, but he suffered a leg injury, I think, an ACL, and he's out for like nine to twelve months. He was supposed to be, in storyline purposes, the original feud for Drew McIntyre for a couple months. So I'm glad he got injured. I feel bad for him, but I'd rather see Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre personally. But the match was not bad. It was physical between these two big men. Nothing. I didn't expect nothing less. Yeah, I I just like the aggression of the match. You know, it was just really just... I'm the beat. It's just we just gonna beat the hell out of each other. And Drew got dropped on his head. You you didn't know how bad it really was. And then when Drew tried to throw toss Bobby, you, you it was a little botchy. Not, not to say it was a perfect. Yeah, they definitely were uh, slipping and, and and two baby oiled up uh, to to really throw each other all around the ring. But once they got back in the ring, just the back and forth. Uh, it, like I say, it, it was awesome match. Um, Lana coming out, it, I know it's just setting up the storyline to get rid of her, and I'm glad, but it was like this match is be- this match was way better than what I thought it was, and I don't want to see her taint the ending. I'd rather, you know, Drew just find some way to get the upper hand and just win 
than it be about Lana coming out and just blatantly walking up, of course, to cause a distraction to make Bobby lose. Like it was just so obvious that she was going to do that. And, and I think that's what I hated about it so much more. Uh, so franchise, what did you feel? Yeah, uh, man, going back to what you said, the match itself, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, 13 years in the making for Bobby. I, I just find it, man, it's almost very poetic when you, when you think of Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, uh, what was it, 11 years, 10 years, something like that for McIntyre to finally get the bill. Lashley, mm-hmm. 13 years, you know, he right. was the next big thing, you know, some called him the black Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, so uh, the match itself was good. Like you said, it was when Lana came out. The one thing that really kind of uh, – ever since that other company came out, man, we've been noticing a lot uh, – of the companies as far like little nuances and you can tell before Lana actually got knocked off the apron uh MVP I guess she was supposed to have fallen earlier and you can just kind of tell like he was kind of like stalling waiting for her to fall to catch her it's just little stuff like that man I wish it would have ran a little smoother but I mean they definitely need to get Lana off TV uh pair with somebody else or just whatever you're going to do. She just signed that five-year deal, though. So, I mean, I can't really see her going away from TV too long, but I love MVP and Lashley. I love it. Yeah. Where do you see Where do you see them two taking off going forward? Who, MVP and Lashley? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I see this going one of two ways. I see MVP oh, – I'm sorry. I see Lashley losing uh, to Drew McIntyre. In a, a lower card title, like maybe the U.S. or something, uh, or I possibly see MVP man possibly building a stable. Um, it seems like that that may be another direction he's going in as well uh, with Apollo. I mean, I know he's not going to get Apollo, but it seems like MVP is definitely trying to form like that stable type mentality. So I don't see lastly getting the, the the heavyweight title right now the main title but i do see him eventually getting uh i would say the u.s title at best yeah i can see that also like possibly like if lashley can't overcome drew he'll go after apollo which mvp would be like hey man i know you well i don't want to say that but mvp would be like hey, i know he can beat this guy you know let's go for the weaker guys but last year already had a run with the U.S. title. It's like, come on, man, how many more you need? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I, I think, man, it was just so much built up for Drew to win a title. It was so much hype. He's doing excellent as the champion, uh, both as in-ring competitor. Uh, his whole swag, his whole confidence, everything is through the roof. He got the look. He got the charisma. I don't see Lashley being the guy to take it off of him. I feel like it's uh, the right place, wrong time for Lashley. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that that's my honest take on it. But once again, if we had Paul Heyman, we might have a clearer understanding. I was well, just saying. Well, the wrestlers that Heyman was, like, building was Asuka, uh, McIntyre, Black, uh, Apollo, you know, Murphy, and them. You know, so like I think Drew McIntyre and Oscar. Well, yeah, well, Ricochet. no, 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 because no, Ricochet hasn't been on TV. But, but he was yeah, one of those guys like, he was I trying think to build. McIntyre and Oscar are safe. You know, now that Paul is still out for the other ones, <laughs> it's up in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. It, it, it's it's super unfortunate. The only the only thing I'm looking forward to from Bruce Pritchard 
is maybe some of the storylines. But as far as who's going to actually get pushed, that's where my concern comes in because that's exactly what Vince McMahon is looking for. He's looking for somebody who wants to go with a veteran laden, you know, group of people. And unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be a while, man. I feel like Vince is going to do everything in his power to undo what Paul Heyman has done with the younger talent. And I feel like there's a lot of coffins coming soon. <laughs> All right. Well, well, well let, let, let's say that. Let's say that for the little robber, the little raw review we're gonna do a little later. Uh, last match. Oh, well, not last match. Uh, before we got to the last match, we got this uh, cinematic, goofy. You whatever you could do, we could do better. Uh, backstage parking lot. Inner office brawl. I don't even know. Whatever. It was just a fight with some ninjas and a sea monster in a garbage can. Um, Prophets, Viking Raiders, they brawl, they fought, they went through a glass door. They asked themselves, why are they doing this? And then they kept fighting. Like I said, they fought some ninjas. Uh, Then a big black ninja came out. uh, 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 Ivar, you know, he, he pulled the force of the turkey leg out the bush and then, you know, it was just a whole bunch of shenanigans going on. And then I, you know, I, it was goofy. It, 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 it was lame, but it was yeah. goofy. Good. And then after a while, it just, it just bombed. Uh, you guys would, I guess, how did you guys feel about it? I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. I did find it funny that. Okay. Good. How they uh, fucked up Braun Strowman's car and they looked at each other like, oh shit. But here's my thing, man. Why couldn't these two teams have a freaking match? A regular match, man. Yeah, I thought like, they were going to have a match. I, when, when you text me and said, hey, man, they, they're having a match, I'm like, okay, cool, finally. The tag team titles are, you know, like, uh, it's, it's shit right now. It's kind of like the IC and the US title, you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, so, um, but my thing is this, okay, the ninjas come out, okay, blah, 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 you know, they're having this stupid shit, and freaking Akira Tozawa, you expect me to believe, oh, shit, Akira Tozawa, wow, fuck, I'm <laughs> scared, I would have liked it better if it was like Murphy and Theory that, you know, was on there, but freaking Akira Tozawa that weighs 120 pounds soaking wet, you're expecting me to believe, like, oh, him and a bunch of ninjas are gonna beat the shit out of the Prophets and the Raiders? Come on. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna second I'm gonna second you on that one, man, because I'm about to go on a rant too. Oh, it's gonna get good. All right. So initially, when when the thing first started, I thought the whole back lot conference trash can fucking brawl. I thought that was gonna lead to a match, like then, and it didn't. Them fighting out to the ring and Absolutely. then just starting the match. Um, but before I get to that, let, let me say this. WWE, I understand what you guys are doing. I, I get it, the cinematic thing. But I think they're beating the dead horse, man. You With, with cinematic matches, I think you need to be very strategic. Well, not when even a match, but with cinematic matches in general. You need to be very strategic on when you do it. It's like make it make it special. I mean, we didn't already yeah, have man, what? You can't do it like every pay-per-view because it's going to yeah. get dead real quick. Well, we had like three or four cinematic matches since <laughs> Mania, and that was only two months ago. It's like, yo, like slow down with the cinematic matches. We just had one with NXT. We don't need one on every pay-per-view. 
I get you want to I, I get you want to do something different, but space it out. It's just like everything else they do, man. They rush it. They rush it. It's too much at one time. You had the prophets and the freaking Viking Raiders for the last four or five weeks doing these stupid challenges. Why are you wasting a pay per view spot with somebody who's in cater in the ring actually putting on a match for this shit? I don't get it. As far as the ninjas go. Bruh, Akira Tazara, he should have got fucking released with the budget cuts. Fuck it. You know, like, I don't get it. Um, as far as the, the the antics, I feel like it was okay for the first half of it, and then like you said, too cold. It got to a point where alright, man, this isn't funny no more. This is just straight. It's going too long. It's garbage. To me, it was just a whole wasted right. thing. I feel like if you guys are going to end it in the ring, it shouldn't have never happened. It, it, it was a waste of production. Uh, well, clearly they were stalling for time, but I guess you could have let Oscar and Nia Jax just have their match, and that would have killed and some actually time. Ain't but, you know, finish. <laughs> yeah. Right. You could have let them have that finish, but you know, that's just me saying that. So, moving on, guys. Uh, moving on to the so called claim the greatest wrestling match <laughs> ever. Which, by far, let me make this very clear. It was not the re- greatest wrestling match. I can name but 20 it was a matches. Match. I did enjoy it. And, and that's true, but it was a good, yes, it, it was. was a great match. You know it how was long a great match. match was? I, it, it was better. It was, I'm going to say 37 minutes. Because 44 it, it minutes. Feels, yeah. No, 44. 45. 40, yeah, about 44, 45 minutes. It, it, but that's the thing. It didn't feel like it really was that long. Like it felt long, but I didn't really realize, damn, this is 40 minutes that went in and they still having this match. I was in, I was interested into the match. I was into the match and edge and Orton. I liked the story that they told. And I think maybe that's what got me. That's why maybe I didn't pay attention to the time because I was more into the story of edge trying to, you know, get back to his foot in the wrestling and Orton playing his mind games and, you know, and moving out the way and, and letting Edge, you know, make a fool of himself. So I kind of, you know, I was intrigued into the story and just them, you know, telling their, their side of it. Um, like I say, it wasn't the greatest match ever. And sure, we can all name 20 matches that were probably better than this. But for this night, for this pay-per-view, this was a great match. I'll leave it at that. that it was just a great match. It was it was two people that we know who can uh, that have made a name in this business. They they've they've legit. They've won championships. This is a hell of a rivalry. It's a great story. So it, it was what it was. Um, it's unfortunate that Edge tore his bicep and he's uh, out for eight months. Like four but, minimum, eight tops. You know. Right, right, eight tops. But you know, it it, it it's unfortunate still. But uh, it was a it was a great story to their rivalry and what they've been doing, and it wasn't just a it wasn't a wrestling match, man. This was a this was a fight between two icons, and and I and I say that loosely because they will be icons. Randy Orton, no matter what you say, he'll be an icon. He he's up there, uh, and Edge most definitely because we all know where Edge came from. We know where he started. We know where he ended. So uh, flawless. I bring it to you, um, man. Floor is yours. I want to talk about the tr- uh, the tricep tear a little bit because uh, it happened when they uh-huh. did the second reshot of the match. You know, the film, some yeah. more spots. That's when it happened. So, you know, um, but um, I will say this. This match will probably be the best match of the year. It will go down as the best match of the year. 
Um, I remember Orton saying, like, you know, like when we see Orton stagnant, like he doesn't care. Well, Orton cares and gets up when it's like a big match, and when like something like this, you see Orton, you know, sh- yeah, at his fine. At his fine. When have we ever seen Orton do to three amigos? <laughs> I mean, wow, man! Like I was like, damn, okay, <laughs> Orton can do that shit, you know? Like, damn. But. I think that's more of the yeah. arrogance of Orton that you yeah. know he would and do they did, something like, a like lot that. Of arm drag, hey, you hey, know, hey. Like you know, near falls, blah blah. You oh, know, yeah. like what a classic wrestling match is. I think this match would have been hundred times better if it would have had fans because you could feel the emotion of it. But in terms of storytelling and match wise, the match was good. The match was great. Okay, I'll say it's great. But it, but it, the greatest wrestling match ever? No. Best match of the no. year? Yes. You know, I mean, I'll I'll say it's probably going to go down as the best match of the year, and we're only halfway done with the year. Yeah, I, yeah it's definitely going to get – it will definitely be mentioned for one of those, you know, but, best matches. Story but the to, ending – You know, just, little, just all yeah, the things. Yeah, the ending for me was a little botchy because when he hit him with a punk kick, he completely missed him and whiffed on it. So, yeah. Well – uh, well, you know, he's not trying to hurt the man, so we 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 I don't we know, understand. man. If you saw I mean, how he kicked Christian, you know, you think second. <laughs> I mean, yeah, boy. Oh, he didn't miss that one. He didn't miss on that one, that's for sure. He damn sure didn't miss on that one. Franchise, man, your thoughts, man. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, I think the key word in this was wrestling. It wasn't the greatest wrestling match, but but by far, I said it, man. It's the greatest match. Uh definitely on the car and probably gonna be of the year. Uh, like I said, man, this shit gave me five heart attacks, two strokes, and Bell's palsy. You know, my face is crooked. I, KJR. I, I, you caught on to it. Good job. Good job. <laughs> but uh, nah, man, emotionally, I wish, I so, so, so wish that it was a packed house. Because I was at, I was at home. That's crazy. And I thought I knew this match was going to end about 15 different times, literally. And every single time I thought the match was going to end, it was never, a, oh, shit, okay, well, he's going to kick out. No, it's, oh, it's over. With. Oh, damn, it's not. Oh, damn. Like, and it just kept happening. And then when uh, Randy started the Three Amigos, then you had the Olympic Slam. Then you had, I think it was Orton, I think, who was going to try to put Edge in the tombstone. <laughs> it was just like everybody, they were just doing like all these finishers. Then you had uh, Edge, who would hit the prettier. And it was just like so many just like cool moments, man, where I feel like if it was in front of a packed house, you might have got even better spots. You might have got even more moves. So, uh, definitely, man, it was my favorite match of the night. By far my favorite match of the year. And I think this will probably go down as the greatest match of the year. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, it definitely will be in the We're not done yet. AEW still got a couple of pay-per-views and stuff to do. Oh, WWE, yeah. of course, so we, you know, th- there'll definitely be some conversation along with it. Uh, with that being said, um, that is the end of the night. Orton, of course, walked out with the victory. Uh, just being that legendary killer, that that guy that we that we've always loved to see out of him when he is, you know, when he's motivated to be that guy. And it's good to see him being back to being uh, that character. Uh, hopefully it leads to him, you know, a, a rock. Uh, you know, I think that would be something nice. Well, that would definitely help oh, yeah, put over Drew's run. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, Drew, Drew and Orton. Yeah, I, I, this Orton, I, I this Orton. Give me this Orton. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see him. Book. Yeah, yeah. Give me this Orton versus uh Drew McIntyre. I'm, I'm invested into it. I want to see it. Um, so I, I definitely could see that coming up SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, as a, as a good way. Because right now he's not done with Bobby Lashley. I can see him and Bobby Lashley. Injured because I, 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 I can see I something happening at Extreme Rules. You know, a third time. But it, it, I hopefully we see it down the line when Edge comes back. But you know, Orton and Edge like for a third time at SummerSlam would have really topped it off for me. It really it would have, but not sure if he'll be back in time to actually be one hundred percent to have the match he should have. Like he he shouldn't rush back to not be able to give the the the, the percentage of performance that yeah. he would want to give. And we wouldn't want to see nothing less, and we don't want to see him come back and get hurt because we love seeing yep. him back. So if it doesn't happen at SummerSlam, I'm okay with that. But go ahead and, and put Randy in a position to help put Drew over, and then you can go back to Edge and Orton and top that off maybe at Survivor Series or something like that if you can push it that far without uh, losing a story. You know, you don't want to lose the story with people because, you know, people don't – you know, after a while, they'll give up on it. So um, – but with that being said, before we move on, uh, as I mentioned earlier, because of franchises, <laughs> one mistake, one he mistake that he had to make. We, we all ended the night and with 22 me points. Me and Breezy were both uh, undefeated, correct? Yes. <laughs> correct. That's correct. We got all – yeah, all our picks came in um, – so we were good. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Franchise went with Hardy, but you got to pay attention to detail, man. You know, Aaron Continental title tournament. That's when Hardy got his one ups on Sheamus. Sheamus had to get his. I, I, I just got back, one so. statement to make. Okay, you guys went undefeated, correct? I did not go undefeated, correct? correct? And we are all tied. Correct. Really, the champ here, me, because I can afford to fuck up. Y'all have zero margin for error. You losers. Well, the point is, you loser because (laughs) you could have been in the league, but you're not. So now we all tied. So (laughs) yeah, you you can try to switch that however you want, buddy. Seamus was gonna win. He's like, I'm gonna go with Jeff Hardy. I don't care if he hasn't won a match in two years. I like my odds. (laughs) Hey, hey, don't you call me a loser? All right, you just called us losers, loser. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah, because you lost. You could have been in the lead. You could have had 23. You still would have been up one. Me and Flawless would have been tied. But no, now we all tied, and we got Fighter Flesh coming and up. And that's so, a two-night you know, two-week event. We're going to see how that turns out. And, and, right, a two-week event. So we definitely going to see I'm how that even, turns out. I'm ready for this uh, one. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I think after, I think yeah, after the second week of that, ain't that the next WWE pay-per-view? Uh no, I, I think it's after this. I think it's a week I after the second. Live TV. I do too, cause I I wasn't about to stream that shit for yeah. two days. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, well, look, look, it's, yeah, that's that's yeah, that was meant something, but that's cool that they yeah. get it on TV. Uh, with like I said, with that being said, we're all tied. Uh, but guys, I want to jump into the Raw after the Backlash pay per view. Uh, with the new era of the. Bruce Pritchett, Vince McMahon era starting off. And as we kind of hit it off, you know, early in the in the pre-show, uh, not pre-show, the preview show, uh, uh, was that, you know, Christian ended up coming out on Raw after Orton, you know, came out to brag about beating Edge and being the greatest wrestler. 
which I, I got so tired of them just saying that over and over and over again. Like, come on, man. You, no one's buying it. No one is buying it. It's, it was not the greatest match ever. Stop trying to oversell it. Uh, but I just like the way that Orton just cut his promo and then for Christian to come down and for them to kind of have a, a bit of a moment when they had their rivalry, which was a damn good rivalry because that Orton Christian rivalry and after what, 2011, 2012, yeah, that was a really Christian good rivalry. Right back after that rivalry. Right. So, you know, and, and he got to hold a cut, you know, the, the world heavyweight championship a few times. So, uh, that was a great rivalry. And for him to just, you know, to have that story and, of course, use the story because, you know, you and Edge, are, you know, are close. And then Orton to say, you know, you're medically not cleared because of your history. I got a way around that. We're going to have ourselves an unsanctioned match. And boom, that just that that snapped Christian back into reality. Because you and, and and that's why we appreciate Christian, because he is a good worker. The guy knows how to work the ring. He knows how to work a promo. He's one of the best to do it. He's one of the most underrated. I wouldn't call him he's the greatest, but he's definitely a guy that can go out there and have a good match and and deliver on a character that you need. Whatever is good or bad, he can deliver it. And he definitely delivered it on this. Uh, I don't... I don't really need so much of thoughts on, on the promo. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys pretty much liked it, but uh, <laughs> did you really think that uh, Christian would really actually accept the match or what did you think would happen before okay. we actually talked okay, about okay, what okay. happened? So earlier in the day, WWE put out this tweet that said, Oh, some unexpected is going to happen to raw. You're going to want to tune in. And they posted like a little saying and it's from Christian's theme song. And I'm like, man, if Christian is what they're talking about, oh, you got to tune in, something unexpected. I'm like, this is going to be bullshit. I was not invested in this shit. <laughs> if you think, right. oh, Christian, unexpected, oh, shit, you're going to want to tune in. Come on, man. If it was like CM Punk, <laughs> yes, I would tune in. But Christian, <laughs> come on. I applaud all Orton for what happened at the end, okay? You know damn well Christian was oh. not going to have a damn match with Orton. <laughs> Fucking Bruce Christian. Oh, yeah, Bruce, way to go. Whoa. Yeah, man, you're way better than Paul right now. And then, you know what? Karma for you, WWE, because you got rid of Paul Heyman, because somebody at the Performance Center tested positive for this COVID. So you don't know what the fuck's going to happen with these tapings now. And that, ladies and gentlemen, why I poked the bear. Oh, man. God. <laughs> Christian. Oh, something's unexpected gonna happen tonight. Oh shit, Christian! Wow, damn! I was not expecting oh that. God. Wow, man. Oh man. Okay, so I don't really want to talk about the show Good. overall because there were some things I liked. There were some things I didn't show. like. But I, I want to talk about what's what was most important is the fact that you saw in this show. Now, don't get me wrong. The build up to what was going to mm-hmm. happen at the end was not. I'm not saying it was it was bad. It wasn't. It it it, it was good. You know, everybody was selling their part the way it was, making it seem and all being all concerned or whatnot. Uh, and then we got to the end where Flair, you know, begged Christian not to go out there. And then he went out to the ring. He begged him one more time. And then he low blowed him, you know, and then Orton gave him the punt. And then, of course, he counted three. And then I just love Orton's delivery to what he said to Christian. It was, it's the same thing he told to Edge. But with Orton being that that sadistic legend killer, you know, just blaming Christian because it's your fault. It's like, man, it's, this is my livelihood. If it's between me and you, it's going to be you all the time. This is why it's your fault. It's your fault. And just 
but help him, help him, make sure he's okay, make sure he's okay. But yet, just flipping out, I just, I love that. I love that. Here's the, here's the negative to that. We saw the mid card just get smushed to that on that show. Andrade and 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 all of them, they got really no time. You didn't really see uh, Cruz come out and have a good match with Shelton Benjamin. It didn't last long. Uh, the only thing about that that I did like was MVP taking an interest in Apollo Cruz. So if there is word that Apollo Cruz may join MVP, I'm okay with that. If if they let that you know work itself out the way it should, I'm cool with it. But if not, I, I feel for Apollo Cruz. But not developing the the talent. The only other thing I could probably say was a good thing was the Dominic episode when uh Seth Rollins came out. When Dominic came out and you know kind of jumped him from behind and got away. I liked it that that was cool. But I Yeah he you, was you quickly American saw man. trying to escape all three of them. <laughs> yeah he really was but you saw how the change of Heyman pushing the younger talent and and you know Vince and them wanting to push the the older talent. You saw that quickly in this episode. Here you go. I got I got a question. How, Who's what's the better up? heel right now, Rollins or Orton? <laughs> right now it's, it's Orton. I mean, we're right. Honestly, they're tied, <laughs> but right now Rollins Rollins is second to Orton because right now Orton is is punting out people's heads and, and he's into people's he's legend killer right now and and the Monday the Messiah is has nothing on the legend killer he better yeah. watch out uh but yeah right now it's, it's Orton man because Orton has been he's been doing this a little longer than than Rollins but I like what Rollins is doing with yeah. Mm. I am interested to see what's going on with Natalia and Lana when they had their backstage segment. They're going to be uh, lovers. Was, and how come you didn't bring up the street profits with the ninjas? <laughs> Man, look, cause there was a there was a reason why because we already talked about ninjas. We ain't need to talk about that no more. Look, I say we're not going to talk about and the whole show. We're just going to talk about the lost. I, I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that, but I wanted to talk about the bigger picture because the bigger picture is clearly. You see them pushing the older talent and not really going to push the younger Bro, they talent. They even the damn big How, show back. How much Vince wanted to say, "Fuck Paul Heyman." And and word is is that you know he's getting ready to have another investment meeting coming up, uh, I believe next month or so. So of course now you know the plan is maybe they'll use Paul Heyman as the scapegoat. Say, well, you know, reason why the ratings were bad was because, you know, Paul wasn't doing, his, you know, this or wasn't doing that. And, you know, we've changed this. You know, we've started doing this and we started bringing yeah, okay, back old yeah. talent, you know, the people that people want to see. But that's not the reason why your ratings are low. And that's the that's the issue. It's like you can't blame it on Paul Heyman. Dude, there's some world crisis going on right now. And wrestling is not everyone's cup of tea. You got NASCAR doing races right now. So, the, you know, that's part of the reason why your NXT ratings are low. And that's the reason why AEW's ratings are low. But no one's really watching wrestling all like that. The most hardcore fans, only the, I want to say maybe half of the hardcore fans are watching wrestling. And then the other half may be, you know, well, everyone else. But yeah. it's not all the people yeah, are used to. I also to. thought it was wrong when AJ Styles blamed Paul Heyman for Gallows and Anderson getting fired. Mm-hmm. That's why he wanted to go I did to SmackDown. Too. I'm like, come on, Heyman doesn't have control of who gets fired or not. And and, 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 I, 
And go ahead. also, uh, no, I no, read that uh, WWE is interested in purchasing Evolve, which is which is kind of funny because Evolve pretty much is like the developmental to For NXT WWE. and yeah. WWE. But see, but uh, once once yeah. again, that that's 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 you killing the, you. <laughs> you know, the young bucks they got the book, man. You know, killing the business. That's exactly what Vince has done. AEW has kind of revitalized a little bit, but that's the problem. You already don't. You already have too much talent to fill TV time with. You want to be greedy. You want your hand in everybody's pot. You know, you want to. You want to take from here. You want to take from here. You want to take from here. But yet, you can't put your whole company together as a whole and make it something people want to see week in and week out. Okay, that's cool. You want to buy Evolve? That's cool. You to bought GFW or Impact or whatever the hell they're called now. You to bought out their library. You to bought out WCW. You to bought out all the competition. Man, you went overseas. You got NXT UK. You got everything you could possibly want. Yet your ratings and your product is still. I mean, yeah, we it's going through ebbs and flows as wrestling always do, as society does. But right now, people have nothing but time on their hands to stay at home and watch TV. And they're still not watching the shit. So yep. it's like, yo, at some point, you, you got to stop blaming everybody else and you have to start looking at you. People were pissed when Paul Heyman, when, when word got out about Paul Heyman. Your talent is pissed about Paul Heyman leaving. So clearly Paul Heyman wasn't the issue. You're the issue. Yeah, uh, patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think patience is the big problem right now because Vince doesn't have patience. Now let's let's all understand, you know, the scenario here. Paul Heyman was given what 18 months he was told Vince what you it's gonna take about 18 months to build up yeah, your new and, stars. And that's the thing. And it's gotta, like Vince blamed Heyman on the ratings. How is it Heyman's fault that the ratings you, it's a freaking he hasn't even been in charge for a full year. And 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 that's the thing that I was going to is that you know it, it, it's going to take him time to build you some new stars. and But you got to let him build the new stars. That's why when we say, well, what happened with Ricochet? We like when I, And I use Ricochet because Ricochet was a huge star. Like People like Ricochet. Like People wanted to see Ricochet. Ricochet was putting on five-star matches in NXT. So, okay, cool. You're going to bring him to the main roster. All right, you started off good with him. You gave him the U.S. championship. He was going to have a match with AJ Styles. The problem that you made first is you had Styles beat him, and then you had Styles beat him again, and then you had Styles beat him again. It was like, wait a minute, why are you burying this dude? Like, you're supposed to be pushing him. He's one of your new stars. He's one of your new exciting people that people want to see. They we, People want to see Ricochet into the ring. They want to see him do his moves and his roll-ups and his, and his off-the-top ropes. They want to see when he dives over the top. They want to see the stuff that he does so well and when he takes hits and, and what happens when he takes a big move. Like, you, you love that thing about Ricochet. Why not have the patience to let this guy groom? Uh, he, he's not stopping you from doing the bigger picture of what you want to do. You have people for that, but you can let him grow. So for me, it's patience. Paul Heyman needed Vince to have patience with Aleister Black. Let him build up. Let me get this guy named Buddy Murphy. Let me put him with the Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is turning heel right now. It would be good to put him along with Seth because Buddy Murphy can handle his own. He doesn't need Seth Rollins to carry him. He just needs Seth Rollins to help him in the spotlight. That's it. Then you add Austin Theory. Okay, first you had AOP. That was cool then. Of course, they haven't been there, so you had to, you know, you had to switch things up. Now you brought in theory. Okay, cool. 
but you still got uh, 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 Apollo Cruz. You still got Andrade and Garza. You still got all these other street prophets. Like you still got all these other guys. I'm not saying Paul was perfect. I'm not saying Paul. Everything Paul was doing was gold. There were some things you can question, but because things weren't happening the way Vince wanted them to happen as fast as he wanted them to happen, he started, you know, interfering and had being more hands on with the product. So now he's saying no to a lot more stuff, and he's starting to push what he wants to see, and that's the problem. We're Vince doesn't have any patience, and and he only cares about what he wants to put out. He he claims it's what people want to see, but. It's to the point where we always say people are so conditioned to accept this yeah. that that's the problem. They're, they're conditioned to accept mm. what Vince thinks they want to see when it really is what he wants to put out. It's what about makes him laugh. It's what he enjoys. And that's going to be the problem moving forward. Like right now, it worked for last night. But I guess the bigger question is how longer how long will this continue to work until they see yeah. they're going to actually have to push some here's younger stuff. So that's funny. So like Heyman is only good they're like yeah that we're taking you off of creative but you're still going to be an on-air talent well what if Heyman's contract ends and tony khan calls him like hey, send us that send us that go to e- e- yeah AEW. and what if Heyman's one of Heyman's best friend Heyman goes hey lesnar your contract with wwe's <clears throat> up come to tony khan and aew Tony Here, Khan can play Big Bang, take Little Bank. And also one more thing. There's a NXT wrestler's contracts up in 18 months. There's rumors that he's going to AEW with his buddies. WWE, they're saying WWE better hope they don't lose him. And I'm talking about Adam Cole. So so, so here, here, here's my thing about here, – here, I, I got an opinion about Brock and Adam Cole. Can Tony Khan play Big Bang Tank Little Bang? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that Vince McMahon is going to be outbid by Tony Khan. I think if there's one person that's going to keep Brock, it's going to be Brock, whether he has Paul Heyman or not. Uh, Vince McMahon is going to keep him. As far as undisputed era and Adam Cole, I can see. I can see Adam Cole going to AEW, but un- but then again, I don't. I don't see him only because he's being pushed to the moon with Undisputed. He's obviously the face of NXT. Um, but if he gets up to the main roster and it's not used correctly, you know, it's like... that's See, and that's, that's, that's the thing. And that's my only issue because you have... Eventually, you're going to have to start calling people up. The Dream's been there forever now. You got Gargano, who's been there forever. Champa, he said yeah. his thoughts slightly changed on possibly getting caught up. He's been there forever. If they're going to buy Evolve, especially if they buy Evolve, you have no choice but to send guys up because you're going to have way – NXT is going to be way too overpopulated. You're going to have to distribute these guys for yeah. new storylines, new rivalries, even if it is for only a week and Vince decides he want to put them in the fucking <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but – okay, so to touch on the Brock Lesnar thing, here's my – Here's my thinking on Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> if Brock Lesnar is only signing to WWE because of Paul Heyman, I don't see him signing without Paul Heyman. Mm. Because Paul Heyman is a big mouthpiece to what a lot of what Brock Lesnar yeah. does. He's his mouthpiece to his negotiations. He's his mouthpiece to the money he gets paid. If Paul does leave and decide, if Paul doesn't decide he wants to take a break from wrestling, let's say, let's say, you know, after this, maybe Paul decides he wants to step away for a while. 
then maybe no, he maybe he don't go to AEW. But if he wants to continue doing it, and AEW is legitimately offering him something that he can't refuse, and he talks to Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar goes, and now mind you, I don't know how Brock's you know loyalty is. You know, is he one of those guys where he's going to be loyal, even though he's been to you know New Japan, you know he's you know he, he he's been to UFC, so. You know, he's been to different companies. He's won different championships. But would he be willing to go to AEW? Does he see it being profitable and, and good for him overall? So I, I, I'm questioning if he'll actually go. But I don't think he'll stay in WWE without Paul. That's like, true. if Paul's not there, I don't see him staying in WWE. So he may say, fuck it. Because, you know, Brock's at the point where... He's got his money. If he decides, you know, he really want to take up USC seriously, he can do it and go. So that, you know, he has an option. He, he's not bound to WWE. And that's where I think maybe if Paul does go, he may give it consideration. But I, I can't see Vince keeping him with. I'm going to put it this way. If we all thought that Vince was pissed, heartbroken, sad, distraught when Chris Jericho left and then when Moxley played his ass. If Brock Lesnar goes to AEW, Vince McMahon might as well jump off the cliff. Because it's over. Well, it's over with. It's going to be that way for uh, Adam Cole because, you know, his girl is at AEW. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Here's, here's one or two ways it can play out. He here's, was in that video before it debuted on TNT. He, he is. Now, here's, here's two scenarios that I believe can play yeah. out. His contract can come mm-hmm. up. Okay, and her contract could be up. Maybe she want to come to WWE. I can't see it. Okay, I but I, well, it's WWE. Regardless to what's what, it's still WWE. Everybody wants that WWE championship. Some guys accept not being there because they know. But if you're a talent of some legit, you got a shot at being. You, Britt Baker would have a bigger shot at being. Uh, uh, Raw or SmackDown championship champion real quick and fast. She she would come in already with an advantage. I already call her the Charlotte of AEW, so she would definitely have an advantage, and she would definitely put on some good matches. But I'm saying that leverage of being that guy that they don't want to let go. Right, right, right. Let's say she decides to come over and she wants to have her run there an opportunity, and then, you know, maybe for a couple of years, and then, you know, they leave back. Or, because like you say, because the elite is over there and she's over there, he can say, regardless of money, I want to be closer to her. I want our schedules to work out. And you're only working one day a week. Right, (laughs) right. And you know you're going to get more, and you know they're going to offer you more money. And they don't do house shows. You know WWE is going to offer you money. Right, they're going to offer you money to stay. So that means AEW's got to sweeten the deal for you to go. And they're going to do that because of your talent and who you are. Right. Uh, So... Uh, that's cool. Uh, so you know that there's there's that play where you know I, I think the later will happen. I believe it will be Cole deciding he wants to go with his girl. He wants to go to AEW. He's not. He's appreciative of Triple H and NXT, but he has no confidence in the main roster and what Vince McMahon is doing <clears throat> because he's watched too many of his guys come through NXT and be treated like crap on the main roster. And Cole is bigger than that. He's bigger than that. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, 
but Daniel Bryan was kind of forced. Like you kind of Daniel Bryan kind of had to force his hand. CM Punk kind of had to force his hand. AJ Styles had to come in. Uh, AJ Styles had to come in already established to kind of get that push. And Cole is already there, but because of all of that, I can see him going to AEW, and it would be a big loss for them. Yes, it would. Man, only thing I know is you got Undisputed Era versus Private Party versus the Lucha Bros versus the well, Jurassic. Well, that's if that's if that's if uh, they go with Cole. Well, right, that's if that's if they go with Cole. It could just be Cole that's gone. You know, I'm sure their contracts are different. Their contracts and the length are not the same. So uh, that that would be the big thing, but that would be an opportunity for those guys. I mean, Roddy Strong most definitely, but you know, still. You don't want to lose, you know, you're one of your most popular guys in Adam Cole. Right. And he seems to enjoy being there. That's the thing, because he's he's a Triple H is allowing him to be himself. So clearly he enjoys being there, having the matches, being the longest reigning champion. But will it, it, it will it come down to him staying at NXT or being forced to go to the main roster? I think that'll be the deciding force, along with his wife being in AEW. I think that'll be part of the deciding force today. That's true. All right, guys. Other than that, man, you know, Asuka had a great match. We we finally got to see her uh, have her victory. Uh, like I say, Dominic got the upstage uh, Seth Rollins a little bit. And uh, other than that, like I said, it was just a you, – you saw the mid-card of Heyman get demolished in this show. And we're just going to wonder how long it's going to last before Vince uh, – before Vince panics again. Mm-hmm. Other than that, man, that's the raw and the review, uh, pay per view review. All right, guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank hold you on. once hold again. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to plug one thing. Uh, what's that? I let everybody know, you know, uh, my brothers on this podcast, they know I'm a part of the belt hobby on Facebook. And uh, the there's show? this dude named Johnny, he has a show called Sandwich and Pickles. It's kind of funny. Uh, it's every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. What you do is, if you're on Facebook, join the group called the Belt Outcast and watch the show. They're trying, you know. They just got to get some confidence, but you know, you know, if you're trying, you know, you know, I'm gonna plug you, man. You know, you know, uh, anybody, you know, anybody can do this, you know. But you just got to try. And I just wanted to let people know, you know. You know, hey, if you want to tune in, tune them. Join this group called the Belt Outcast on Wednesdays. It's seven o'clock on that uh, hobby page. But you know, I wanted to plug him because he got screwed over by somebody else, and I didn't like that. So it's all love. Hey, we didn't we didn't know what we were doing when we started out, but we took the chance. So you know, now we are over a hundred episodes in, and we're doing the damn thing. So you know, that's all you got to do, Hell baby. Yeah, that's that's what I told him, man. Hey, and we there's, doing and the there's somebody in this hobby that, that messaged me and said, hey, man, I listened to your guys' show. You guys are awesome, man. It's like listening to my crew talk. And he said, man, if we ever have more shirts, he wants one. So, hey, we must be doing something right. Right. And we going to figure out how to get them GOW shirts to you, folks. So don't worry. If you want some, let us know. We'll get you. Well, we got well you. according to the statistics, we are like Titus O'Neil. We are worldwide, baby. And you know, I mean, hey, we we, we keeping it pushing. We pushing yeah, the culture. Yeah, we just forward. don't trip our. We don't just trip over right. our own feet too. You know it. <laughs> right on. Right on. You know it. You know. It. <laughs> All right, man. We'll go ahead. We'll go ahead. And put a finish to this thing, bro. Let me go ahead and do my thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for you tuning in. Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> All right, ready.
right. I'm about to say the dog about to end the show for Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Dinner with the Westland Podcast. It's always, it's yours too. The last skin is passing the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise. He is the karma coded, the awesome Mr. Tuco K. Breezy. Across the way. Oh, he is my brother. Oh, testify, Bubba Ray Deli. It is Chef Joey Vitanther. And this is the Dinner Wasting, a Westland podcast, Backlash, Tap That Ass, Monday Night Raw Review. Now, can you do that? <laughs> 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 I'll see y'all later, man. Deuces. Yeah.